Hi, this is Stephen Ambrose, Senior Pastor at Wapak Naz. I want to welcome you to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope and pray that this message goes deep into your DNA, is encouraging, relevant to your life, a means for you to engage with God and experience His love, and moves you to impact your world. We at Wapak Naz believe firmly that you matter to God. We are glad that you are taking the risk to engage with Him today. Wapak Naz is love people loving people to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapak Naz to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapaknaz.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message. I, uh, I just, I want to make note, you know, there's, there's a lot of stigmas around and inside the building of the church there are altars and there's this stigma that if somebody comes to the altar that there's something wrong with them but uh you know what it's just it's a place where we bend our knee before our father and uh we celebrate we praise and we bring our burden and there's nothing magical about the altar but there's something about the posture and there's something about having people around you that are fighting with you, that are praying alongside of you. So uh, there's no stigma here. Um, you're always invited to the altar, whether it's in the worship with music or in the worship of the Word. Uh, when I'm speaking or not, you're always invited. So that's who we are, man. We just love the Lord. Um, I, I just want to welcome all of those that uh, that are here. And if this is your first time here, my hope is that you engage with Christ today. That you engage with the Lord God and that your experience with the people of God just warms your heart, you know? Uh, we don't try to put anything on. This is just, we're real people. And this is probably one of the most perfect places to be for imperfect people. And I would be the first to say, that is me. I'm imperfect. But we just uh, praise and love a perfect God who draws us in. Um, <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> like most of you, uh, Friday, well, yeah, fr- was it Friday? It was Friday morning? Uh, no, it was, it was Saturday morning, I'm sorry. Uh, like most of you, I was startled, and my wife were startled by our phones going off, screaming at us that there's a tornado warning, 12.45 a.m. And so um, I grabbed my phone, I said, wake up, babe, tornado, tornado warning. And uh, so we, we, in the panic, we tried to, to dress, and uh, I, I fumbled to find my glasses because I was completely blind. I couldn't see anything. And uh, my, my wife, uh, she, uh, so my wife kind of stumbled into the kitchen to grab the cat carrier. And in these moments, I actually call my wife drunk Amy <laughs> because I imagine uh, my wife, this is what my wife would be like when, if she would ever consume alcohol and be drunk because she's never done that. Um, she's just really disoriented and really not sure of what's going on. So finally I get my shoes on 
and I go into the kitchen and I find drunk Amy trying to corral the cat into the carrier and I bent over to realize that she's been putting the cat through the top of the, of, of the carrier not realizing the side of the carrier is wide open so the cat is just going everywhere and she couldn't figure out how to get the cat in the carrier. So finally, the cat was corralled and I grabbed the carrier and I swiftly made it to the steps and I looked behind me and my wife is nowhere to be found. I was like, babe, where are you? Let's go. And we, we make it stumbling down the stairs into the, into the store and then finally into the basement and I pull out my phone to try to figure out what's going on and, and she's a little disoriented and, and the sirens start screaming through the windy streets of Wapak in Auglaes County. You remember that moment unless you slept through it, which I highly doubt you did. Okay, there, there are a few of you. God bless you. So, I'm from Xenia, Ohio, which, uh, if you know anything about Xenia, Ohio's history, you know, tornadoes are, are pretty much part of our daily life, just much like you breathe. And so, as a Xenian, uh, we actually, when there's a tornado, we, we go outside and we look for it. That's what we do. My dad did it, my brother did it, my nephew does it as a firefighter, and I do it. And so I go out, I open the door, and go out on the, the, bal- or the patio and the deck, and I'm looking, and I'm, I'm looking up at the sky. And then it was like Forrest Gump came into my head, and it was raining sideways. I mean, the rain was going horizontal, and uh, that was the moment. I'm very certain that's the moment there was touchdown. And so I quickly shut the door and we waited it out. Finally, around 1.20, we're upstairs and my wife, who semi-drunk Amy now, she sobered up a little bit, um, she's looking out the window and she said, Babe, where's the dumpster? Well, our dumpster had just been emptied, like on Friday, And it was now 60 feet to the east, stuck on a sewer grate by the gazebo. And so, you know, we don't, we won't, we don't want anybody to to hit it. And so we go outside and muscle it back in place. And wouldn't you know it, right as we're putting it over on the other side of the street, here comes a car. It could have easily hit the, hit the dumpster. And so we get back upstairs and I quickly fall asleep. You know, thankfully, right, thankfully no one lost their life. Uh, there were minimum amount of injuries, I believe about seven injuries that night. Talking to the fire department yesterday, they, they did have to do some search and uh, ensure that people were, were okay. As unfortunate as those moments are, in those types of moments in the human experience, we very quickly become aware that there is something much more powerful than we are. 
isn't it? I prefer to be at the foot of a, of a mountain that's 10,000 to 14,000 feet to feel small, to be reminded of who I am and who I'm not. But those are the moments, Friday or Saturday morning, Friday morning, Saturday morning, whatever day it was, it's been a long week. Those are the moments that remind you that there are things more powerful than you are. And we need those moments, don't we? This morning, we're going to engage a two-part conversation called power and love. And we're going to begin, and the scriptures are up, the texts are up on the screen. We're going to start in, in John chapter 12, beginning at verse 12 through 16. And then we're going, to, we're going to flip the page to John chapter 13, and we're going to read 1 through 17. If, if, you, if you don't have a Bible, uh, you can grab the pew Bible in front of you. And if you don't own a Bible, the one you grab in front of you, that's yours. Uh, we want to give that to you. Um, God is a generous God, and we want to be a generous people, so that's yours. Uh, If you have your phone, it has a Bible app on it, pull that out. And if you don't have any of the above, that's okay. Uh, The scriptures are going to be on the screen, and I'm actually going to read from from the screen this morning. We're going to just jump in here. Um, The next day, the crowd that had come for the feast, heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They, they took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, which means save, salvation. Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat upon it. As it is written, do not be afraid, O daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. This is quoting the the prophet Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. At first, his disciples didn't understand all this. I just want to welcome you who read the Bible and you don't understand it. Disciples didn't understand what was going on either. It's okay. Only after Jesus was glorified, they did, not, they did, real, did they realize that these things had been written about him. And that they had done these things to him. Now we're going to jump over to John chapter 13. And this is about a week later. Within a week. And John writes... It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to portray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So, he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a, a, wrapped it around his wa- wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, 
who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? I'm going to pause here. Peter's been watching this whole thing go down. It's like, Peter, have you not seen what's been happening here? Yes, I'm going to wash your feet. It's like, no, no, you're going to wash my feet. Oh, yeah, Peter. And this is what happens. Jesus replied, you don't realize, you do not realize what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, a person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. In this day and age, this kind of, we kind of miss it because most of us are in shoes, okay? Their feet are nasty. Just nasty. Even if they just took a shower, their feet are nasty. So anyhow, moving on. That's for free. A person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean. And you were clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. That would be Judas. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so. For that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Heavenly Father, in the coming moments, whether I fumble or stumble in the words that I speak, I would rather the people here and those listening online to hear the voice of God and their spirit and their soul. Teach us today. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. This past uh, Monday evening, kind of in that moment of awakened awareness, and sleep and dreams. You ever have those moments where you, 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 you finally physically slow down, but your mind is still moving miles a minute? And some of you can't get out of that miles a minute moment, right? I was processing the day. Those, those are the moments you don't realize how fast you're moving throughout the day until you slow down, right? And you don't realize how much you're, you need to process until you stop processing the day I'd come home that that afternoon for lunch after doing a lot of prep for Easter extravaganza my whole mind was focused on all the small details have my lunch at the table and turn on the TV just to kind of veg out for a moment and there it is right into my face Another mass shooting. Nashville. Kids, teachers. And all I could do was feel anger. 
Can I be a little honest? Is that okay? I had explicatives going through my mind. I was so ticked off. This is the national narrative. Over and over. I believe it's about 121 since January 1. It's that national narrative. And I could play it out in my mind what was going to happen. People were going to get angry and they were going to call for legislation in the midst of people's grief. And it's this cyclical cycle that's sickening over and over and over. Did it play out? There were a sea of orange the Capitol building in Tennessee. It's calling somebody to do something. I was processing. And I'm putting tables out for Easter extravaganza and people are running for their lives. Children, little ones. And all I could do was yell at God. That's what I did. Yelled at Him. I just want you to know God's bigger than than you think he is he can take it okay so if you've been holding back and you're really ticked off have that conversation you'd be surprised at the peace that happens when you have that conversation so between awake and awareness and sleep and dreams and processing the whole day and I'm, I'm thinking about this day Palm Sunday two words filter through my stupor Power and love. Those are the two words that come to mind as I'm processing all of the day in my exhaustion and my anger and what's going on on the national stage, but what's happening right there in Nashville. Funerals were going, or were going to be planned. People were grieving. And there were so many people who felt so powerless to do anything. Processing this day, power and love, they just kept filtering through my mind over and over again. And this day, this is the day on the Christian calendar in which we celebrate. We celebrate Jesus of Nazareth coming down the Mount of Olives, crossing over the Kidron Valley and going back up into Jerusalem on a donkey. This is a messianic moment proclaiming so much meaning and message for us in 2023, we don't, we don't get the nuance. It's not first century and we're not Jewish. But every Jewish man and woman and even the children, as they were watching this son of man riding a donkey coming into Jerusalem, they knew what this meant. They understood what this meant. That this was a statement that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. As I had mentioned, John quoted that text from Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9 and 10. And it says, O daughter, Zion, your king comes riding a donkey. In my sleepy stupor, I said, there's a problem here. Kings don't ride donkeys. Kings don't wash feet. See, John in his 
good news narrative of Jesus Christ's life. We call it the Gospel of John. Written by a disciple of Jesus who hung out with Jesus for three years. He was the only one, in case you didn't know, he was the only one that that physically watched Jesus die on the cross. He was the only disciple of his inner circle that watched that happen. And he also watched and saw Jesus resurrected, and he also watched him ascend to the right hand of the Father. So John, as he zooms in on the Passion Week that we're about to begin in 13, John 13, he's the only one that tells us the not-so-messianic moment where Jesus kneels before all 12 of the disciples, one by one, washing their feet one by one. That's 24 feet, that's 120 toes, unless somebody was missing a toe. I don't know. It doesn't tell us that. But I kind of wonder, you know. Thaddeus, what happened, dude? You're missing your middle toe. Anyhow, that's the way my mind works. This is not a, this is a not-so-messianic moment. Jesus taking a knee, a knee and washing the disciples' feet. Kings don't ride donkeys. Kings don't wash feet. No. If we step into this narrative, we step into this story, Caesar, the emperor of the Roman Empire, doesn't merely claim royalty. He exalts himself and proclaims divinity as a god who rules ruthlessly by force, by sword. That's how he keeps peace. By devouring and destroying kingdoms to build his own empire. Kings don't ride donkeys. Kings don't wash feet. Kings exalt themselves. They exert their power. They promenade their power. And in the 21st century, even if you just take a glimpse of the news, those that may not carry the title king, but hold the power, they do the same. They push buttons to launch missiles as scare tactics. They parade their military through the streets. They ambush countries by invasion. They evade the questions from the media. Kings don't ride donkeys. Kings don't wash feet. Jesus, I think we forget that his birth story is under the looming cloud of Caesar Augustus. Jesus of Nazareth was not born in freedom. No, he was born into occupation. He was born into oppression. 
He was born to a people who awaited and longed for somebody to avenge them, to free them, to lift the grip of oppression off of them. That long-awaited Messiah in the line of David from the Old Testament, King David, that, that little warrior who off the giant with a stone, who gathered his mighty men around him, he not only was King David, but he was a warrior king. This is the Messiah that everyone in the first century who was Jewish longed for. But see, with Jesus, it was a little bit different. Kings Kings don't ride donkeys and kings don't wash feet. Yet Jesus Christ of Nazareth So the sign says above his head as he's suffering on the cross, King of the Jews. Jesus Christ of Nazareth rode a donkey and washed feet. See, with Jesus, he does something dramatically different than all the world of the first century and the 21st century. See, John shifts his good news narrative. Did I mess this up? Are you awake back there? Did I mess this up? We often have technical difficulties. Boop. Can you? It's it's thinking. (laughs) Just like the pastor. He's thinking. He's stalling because he doesn't know what to say. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um. As John zooms in on that Passion Week at John 13, he zooms in on, wow, that's awesome. Did I do that? That's all good. We'll just enjoy the picture of the runner. It's fine. It's fine. We have this wonderful phrase here at Wapak Naz, you embrace the awkward because awkward moments happen. Not only with technology, but just in life. You just embrace it. But John, as he zooms in to the the passion moment, and he looks over his shoulder, remembering these moments, he, he zooms in on those two words. Power and love. Love and power. If you would, since it's not on the screen, I'd ask that you go back to John chapter 13. So pull out your phones again. Pull out your Bible again. I'd really appreciate that. You're great. And in John chapter 13, bless you. Verse 2, he says, Having loved his own who were in the world, He showed them the full extent of his love. John is saying, hey, in case you read further and you don't get it, in case you miss it, everything from this moment forward reveals the full extent 
of Jesus Christ's love. What he says, what he does, what he doesn't say, what he doesn't do. It's the full extent of his love. When he doesn't stop his follower from betraying him. Full extent of his love. As he's praying over his own disciples. Full extent of his love. When he does not resist the arrest in the garden. Full extent of his love. When he stands silent before his accusers. Full extent of his love. When he spit on, mocked, and brutally beaten, full extent of his love. When he does not take himself down off the cross, full extent of his love. When he proclaims and asks, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing, full extent of his love. And when he gives up his spirit and his life, full extent of his love. John wants to let you know that this, the rest of this is framed in love. Not that his birth wasn't framed in love, and not that his life and his teachings weren't framed in love, but this moment, we have to understand it. But notice John goes a little further. Thank you guys for fixing that. John goes a little further. He says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under His power and that He'd come from God and was returning to God. If I'm a child of the 80s. We have any of those in here? You were brought up, you were brought up on Transformers. You were brought up on G.I. Joe and My Little Pony and He-Man, Masters of the Universe, man. It was, it was the daydream of mine to be that Prince Adam holding the sword up to the heavens saying those magical words. I have the power of Grayskull. And then Prince Adam, who was like absolutely muscular under his shirt anyways, like his shirt comes off and he's like, he's like jacked muscle. You know those kind of folks? And just like, yeah. It was the daydream. What would you do? <laughs> I need to clarify my question first. <laughs> Sorry. Not trying to be funny. It just happens. Uh, what would you do if just for a moment that you had all the power in the universe. What would you do? What would be your first act? What would follow? Let your mind imagine for a moment. Would you exert revenge over those that enforce their power on you? Over those that hurt you? Caused you pain? What would you do if you had all the power in the universe for just one moment? What would be your first act? 
would absolute power corruptly, absolutely corrupt you? Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. Had all the power in the universe. What was his first act? So he got up. And he began to wash his disciples' feet. Jesus reframes power by ensuring that it first starts with love. Jesus reframes power as exerting it through servanthood. Being the servant of all. He reframes it. He turns the world up side down Jesus himself with all the power in the universe takes a knee and washes feet I remember it was October of 2021 I believe my mom had come out of the hospital and things had changed with her. Things had truly changed with her where she became incontinent. And so there was a lot of care that needed to happen for my mom. And it was an exchange between my sister and I. Between October and the time she went into the hospital in January, mom really didn't get out of the chair and uh, it only she only could muster so much to get up out of that chair and being incontinent as a kid you do what you do right I'll never forget those moments where alright that's a good deal I'll never forget that moment, those moments when I was on my knees. And she had asked me to wash her feet and, and lotion her feet. Her feet actually had minds of themselves. It was really funny. They would just go in different places, right? You'd have to grab it and hold it and wash it. And for just a moment, I think I had a glimpse of what Jesus was really saying to us. We need moments that we realize that there are things out there that are more powerful than we are. That humble us. That give us perspective on our own life. understand that in the kingdom of God power authority influence leadership, management the root of that has to come through love 
has to start with love. And it's expressed through servanthood. Jesus was not weak here. This is a response and a choice that weakness cannot choose. Such a choice and such a response is a choice of strength and power. This is not pacifism. This is not passivity. You are popular today. I love it. Folks, you have the ability to choose. But one of the most powerful things that you can choose in your life is to use whatever influence and power that you have to benefit those around you. That is the message of the kingdom of God. But we must be reminded that though he surrendered his life and he sacrificed his life willingly and he rose from the dead and he went to the right hand of the Father, let me just tell you, the scriptures say he's coming back. For all of us that long for justice, justice comes through judgment. The King of Kings will come. The description of Jesus in Revelation is not what we see in John 13. It's not a king riding a donkey. King of justice. So, today, you feel powerless. You feel like there are those around you that are exerting their authority on you and you have no ability whatsoever to change it. Powerless to change what's going on inside of you. Do you find yourself intimidating Exerting, enforcing power over others. Hoping that they don't see the true self. That you feel just as powerless as they do. The antidote to all of that is serving others. Rooted in love. Paul said, For God did not give you a spirit of timidity, that word, we don't often use that word today in 2023. He did not give you a spirit of cowardice. He follows it up. But a spirit of power, of love, and self-discipline. We need an antidote. And Jesus is that example of that antidote. serve those around you. Kings don't ride donkeys. Kings don't wash feet. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Would you mind bowing your heads for just one moment?
Father. May we be a people who pursue greatness and goodness through through knowing that those things come from surrender and servanthood and humility. Those are marks of the strong and the powerful. For those of us that are feeling powerless in our life to change anything, I ask that you open our eyes to those that are around us who truly need. And we step in to fill that need. For those of us that struggle with even believing that you are who you say you are, believing that you even exist, God, will you remind them that there are things out there that are more powerful than they are? May that be their starting point begin to discover that you are there. The Almighty, who with the most powerful force in the universe being your love, loves them powerfully. May the people of Wapak Naz be servants. It's in your name we ask, Jesus. Amen makes sense our kids are going to be coming in in just a moment i don't know uh is anybody going up there Jose, would you, would you mind running up there and getting those kids they're going to come down and they're going to they're going to wave their palm branches and we're going to sing all hail king jesus so as you wave your palm branches remember kings do ride donkeys kings do wash feet and so we're going to have a little awkward moment like we haven't had awkward moments all morning. It's great. I love it. And the kids are going to come down and we're just going to wave our palm branches and sing this wonderful song. So as they come in, we're going to stand and we're going to sing. Nathan, go to the other one. You've got it. It's the last time. All right. They didn't mix. Somehow they separated. It's all good. My bad. That was probably me. Hey, we're, we're so grateful that you were here. If, if you were new here, by the way, can you let us know that, that you were here? We have a digital connection card online at wapopnaz.org. Can you just let us know? Because we have a caring team that just wants to, to love on you, send you some encouraging cards throughout the year. We appreciate you for taking the risk. That was the hardest step that you ever take in your faith. All right, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, there she is, yay! (laughs) Would you please stand, please? I love it.
Well, folks, I love it. <laughs> and throughout eternity, I'll sing his praises, and I'll reign with him throughout eternity, and throughout eternity, please, and throughout Eternity, I'll sing his praises, and I'll reign with him throughout eternity. Woo! There's nothing like celebrating Jesus with crying babies and screaming kids. It's awesome. I love it. Hey, we love you, folks. Would you please love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength, just like they're screaming. I love it. And would you please, please, please love your neighbor as yourself. Have a wonderful Sunday. Thank you for listening to the Wapak Nas podcast. We hope you are moved deeply to step into God and the hope and future he has for you, and that you are moved to be salt, light, and yeast in your community, and to love people to Jesus.